0: But without further words, can we pray for you quickly?
1: So we thank you for Fleming and all the patience that he has and the diligent work that he has done. And we ask God now that he, you open our hearts to hear what you have to say to us through, through Fleming. Amen. Thank you.
0: thank you. Thank you, Tabio. Beginning and sharing a little, I, I would I would like to say it to uh, to Young uh, to families here and to young families that uh, I think God wants to to, um, meet you this morning Uh, I think he's going to say to some of you mothers that things are going to be okay I think that God is going to say to some of you fathers that you do not need to be perfect uh, and later on, I just want to prepare because I know you are engaged, and as a family, that I think I, I believe we should pray for you this this day. That and that that God is really near to you, and He will reveal Himself as a Father to you. So let me just mention that from the very beginning. And as said, that uh, having said that, we have all already mentioned several times that it's the twenty fifth time we celebrate came together. And whether you have been part of more or less all the camps or it's only, I I know that there's several here that it's only the third day on your first camp. It's just a fantastic journey we are on as a a church family. Whether you've been here many times or just a few, uh, this is the first time. Uh, The camps uh, has grown over the years. We have been celebrating. We have been crying. We have received New hope, new courage, strength, and you can only imagine how many decision decisions many has made on these uh, camps. Some have made decisions to follow Jesus in church planting, which is really my heart and uh, and I also believe this morning uh, that there will be a defining moment for uh, some of you to uh, uh, make a decision of uh, joining or leading a church plant. However, uh, many have come to faith on these camps. I remember in 2001, we had one Vineyard Nordic camp uh, in Denmark, in my And uh, this young woman came up to me. Uh, she was educated and, uh, as a lawyer. And uh, she wanted to give her life to Jesus. And uh, later on, she studied theology. And as of today, she and Torben, Hannah and Torbjörn, are leading uh, Gothenburg Vineyard. Just one, yeah, give them a hand. And uh, <laughs> just be prepared whenever you meet Hannah and Torbjörn, what they are sharing are Jesus stories. And um, just one example of wonderful things, uh, one of many that has happened on this camp. My little speak this morning is divided into two parts. In the first part, I will share some thoughts about our future as a church family, especially the summer camps. In the second part, I'll talk about the theme stepping out and emphasize two perspectives which I hope will lead us to take new initiatives and the courage needed to follow uh, your decisions. So a little thoughts about the future being four countries Finland, Norway, Sweden, and Denmark, we are, we are what we would call an association of vineyard churches. And at this point, uh, we are uh, 31 churches, church plants, and projects in the Nordic. Um, uh, no reason for excitement. if you were consider being excited for a moment yeah and we have worked on and prayed for uh, a definition of our purposes and vision uh, which we call purposes and vision 2025 and i just think it's very relevant to know where we're going what our goals are what our vision are. and i've asked for this not to be too boring. I've asked Julia from Stringness Vineyard, who's been uh, if you come up here, Julia, that has been uh, uh, leading uh, the youth and doing a lot of things. And she will, in her wonderful English, read them out for us. Thank you, Julia.
1: Thank you. <clears throat> Start here. Yeah, yeah. Up here? Yeah. here? Okay, so I will read the vision. So, Vineyard Nordic Key Purpose and Vision 2025. Vineyard Nordic is an association of churches that are driven by a passion to help people become followers of Jesus and to see God's kingdom advance in our cities, our nations, and our world. As Vineyard churches, we are united by common love for one another, by common theological perspectives, common values, and common mission, and common purposes. As a Nordic association, we have defined five key purposes that we want to emphasize, purposes that we want to help our leaders and churches pursue. Our vision for this five-year session revolves around these key purposes. Okay, so the first one, to worship God. We want to see churches uh, whose leaders and members are submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ, whose purpose and genuine relationship with God, and who worship God in spirit and in truth. We want to see worship expressed through the lifestyle, through serving, through giving, through music, and through creativity. So that's the first one. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, second one. To grow healthy churches. We want to see spir- spirituality, spirituality healthy leaders and spirituality healthy churches. Spiritually, that's how you say it. We want to see all our churches grow both uh, quali- qualitatively. qualitatively. <laughs> that's a hard word to say. Uh, And uh, quantitatively, can you say that? Just say Tivoli. Tivoli. (laughs) You understand what I mean. Uh, Let's see. We want to see see five of our largest churches double in size during the years of 2021 to 2025. That's a good one. So that's the second one. And then we have the third. To equip the next generation. We want to see churches that love, serve, and train the young generation of children, youth, and young adults, uh, and trust to us. We want to see our churches rise up, equip, and mobilize a new generation of leaders. Okay. And then we have number four. To plant churches. We want to see churches that plant churches. Churches that advance the kingdom of God in their cities their nations, and the world through church planting. We want to see our Nordic Vineyard churches plant at least 10 new churches during the years of 2021 to 2025. So 10 new churches is our hope. Awesome. And then the last one, to impact our world. We want to see churches that impact their communities and their world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We want to see churches and members truly sent into to their communities and their world. We want to see them demonstrate the love of Jesus, share the truth of Jesus, and embody the invitation of Jesus to other people.
0: Thank you. Give her a hand. Thank you so much, Julia. Good
1: well. Thank you.
0: And the youth camp is doing so great. There's a hundred and 30 participating, and there's so so many uh, young, great people and leaders there. It's really encouraging. So, the Vineyard Nordic exists of, uh, consists of local churches, and uh, the recent years we've been working on how to take ownership of our purposes and vision for our countries, and we have chosen to call this, we gave it a working title, the National Petal, and we are tr- we're trying to think out of the box And focus on God's dreams for our uh, nations. So through prayer and conversations, this has led us to decide that in 2023, and this may be a little shock for some of you, we will have national camps in Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Denmark next year. And initially... Initially, only in 2023. Immediately and up after and up till then, we will evaluate if we will repeat that or we will do a mix or we will not do it again. We will discuss and pray over every scenario. And we know that this is a huge change, and we are aware that we may lose. Some of the inspiration we experience when we all get together at a Nordic camp. We also have the summit, and and but uh, for those of you who are shocked, we are going for 23, and then we are trying this out, and then we will see what happens. And we believe that God will lead us. Uh, we believe that. These camps next year will bring us closer to God's dreams for our our nations. We also believe that having a a national camp next year will engage more people than we do now. It's simply easier to bring more people from our nation to a national camp. And that's what we'll try out next year. Uh, So overall, we believe that more people will attend. Uh, And besides having camps in our own languages, it will be a clear advantage for our kids' camps next year to have it in their own language. And more of our leaders will be engaged. It will become somehow closer. Uh, And I really encourage us all in the nations to focus on what are the dreams God has for our nations. So even though it's very challenging to change what is very precious to us, and has been and it is a priceless blessing. We have to think in new ways and out of the box, even though it has some costs. And I believe, I believe and trust we'll be all right. And I believe that we should be full of expectancy to see how God can use this. And have the courage to do new things. So let's move ahead and try it. Look forward to it, and then we will—believe me—we will evaluate the fruits and see how we will proceed in the future. So every scenario is open, and God will continue to ask uh, to, to guide us. So I think personally, this is very exciting. Um, Annabeth uh, Morgan, I don't know if you're in here. Are you somewhere? Uh, Annabeth gave, prayed uh, just the very first evening for me, and uh, and saw that there was a tree growing, and it became big and bigger, and that we would see it even at this camp. And I believe that God will. God will bring. Uh, I, I see this picture of trees in each nation that are growing bigger and bigger and bear fruit. Yeah, I don't know if you're here, Annabeth. Is she? No, probably not. Um, okay uh, so let, that was the first part and then the second part stepping out Paul claims for we are goods, God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in, for, uh, in advance for us to do have you ever considered how encouraging this claim really is when I look back at my life, I have of course made several wrong decisions, but I also made some good decisions, and once in a while some very courageous decisions, I think, <laughs> which in the rear view mirror, without any doubt, has been led by God. I see them as defining moments in my life that had made a, a major change in my trajectory, As an example, I'll just share one of uh, my defining moments in life. I grew up in a small village in the north of Denmark. My father was a Baptist pastor. Uh, Loved the church. uh, As boring as it could be. But it was family. And after a relatively... Boring Sunday service, yet another one, in the church where I grew up. I sat in the church crypt, enjoying the mandatory church coffee and cake pretzel. As always, only 18 years old, I made a simple and very clear decision that has helped me through my life's ups and downs. It was an old farmer's prayer that changed my life. He was asked to end this coffee gathering with a short prayer, He was 82 years old. He had just lost his wife and was now alone after a long life marriage. And it was his courage and trust in God that made a decisive impression on me, which led me to make a decision for the rest of my life. After his loss, who could ever blame him if he thought, what now? How can I live without my wife? Is there anything at all to look forward to? I'll never forget, in spite of loss and loneliness, he committed himself and his life into God's hands. God, as a father who is not distant. He prayed like he was a child of God and with strong courage, a strange mixture of strength and weakness, maturity, and inadequacy. Listening to his prayer, I realized that my search has come to an end. I had found what I believed could carry me through my life, faith in God as a father. If faith in God could carry him through a long life And even the loss of his beloved wife, then faith in God could also carry me through my life. And this was truly a defining moment for me that changed my trajectory. Later on in life, other defining moments, Anna and I met. We have wonderful children, grandchildren, two on the way, six this year. And then the call to follow Jesus into church planting, just in just to mention a few important defining moments in my life. And I've realized that you are only one decision away from a totally different life. So are you this morning. You're only one decision away from a totally different life. One decision can totally change everything. And I believe that the good decisions in our lives are in advance, somehow prepared by God for us to make. Not as if there's only one right decision to make, but in the sense that the decision I made that afternoon turned out to be the very right decision for me to make. So whatever direction you are heading in life right now, I personally believe that God will never stop preparing you for the defining moments for adventures, for joy, for hope, and for challenges, no matter the circumstance. He will always give you new opportunities, and He will always lead you in His direction and will for you. So my point is, you will face a moment in life when you throw caution to the wind. You will face a moment in life... when you need to go all in. You will face a moment in life when you need to burn the ships behind you. Just like Abraham, Moses, Peter, Paul, and many others in the Bible, there have been and always will be moments prepared by God for you. Maybe you will even experience a defining moment at this camp. Maybe the last months or even years have led you to make some important decisions for the future. Maybe it's God's intention to speak to you about your future at this camp. It could be a defining moment of saying yes to Jesus. If you're here and you haven't personally invited him into your heart, you can do it at this camp. It will be a very defining moment, and I'll invite you up afterwards. Defining, defining moment. As mentioned, I'll I'll emphasize two perspectives, um, which I hope will lead you to take new initiatives. And the courage to follow your decision, the defining moment. So let's read Luke. And this is after Jesus had died on a cross and resurrected. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were going to a village called Emmaus. It was about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked about those things, Jesus himself came up and walked along them. But God kept them from recognizing him. And later in the chapter, it says, he joined them. They invited him in to stay overnight. And it says, he joined them at the table. Then he took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight they asked each other were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us so these two disciples are walking away from jerusalem they were actually leaving the adventurous life behind them They had totally lost their narrative, their orientation. They had nothing to believe in anymore. An empty look in their eyes, traumatized by witnessing the execution of Jesus. Jerusalem now only represented catastrophic memories. Their hope was shattered into a thousand pieces. The crucifixion killed their hope of restoration from oppression Everything they knew had disappeared. God was gone. Three years of efforts, was it a failure? So much has gone wrong. But then suddenly, Jesus comes up to the disciples and walks with them, yet without revealing his identity to them. And after several hours of walking together, they didn't, re- they didn't recognize him. They persuaded him to stay overnight, and in the very moment Jesus broke the bread, their eyes were opened. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And this is incredibly encouraging. The walk towards Emmaus was the wrong direction for his disciples, but Jesus catches up on them. And I believe that the Father wants to catch up on you this morning. They got their purpose back and understood that they were walking beside something way bigger than they could ever imagine. The risen Jesus. A very defining moment for the disciples. And maybe you have come to this camp this year and lost sense of direction. Feeling of emptiness. Lost focus. Lost Hope, lost a dream, lost your strength, and sometimes feeling like a failure. These last couple of years has made a huge impact on us, not to underestimate. And we need to get back into the Father's presence. Or maybe you need refocusing on Jesus and the journey he has for you. the first perspective I want to share this morning is, and I hope that will give you continuously courage to step out into the journey God has prepared for you. And that is always to remember that Jesus is amazing. Jesus is amazing. Absolutely amazing. But to be honest, sometimes, personally, I lose focus, and sometimes I feel worn out. The first thing I usually do in the morning is to read a chapter in the Bible and then a short prayer, a short prayer uh, for my family, friends and praying uh, and then I'll pray that I'll bear fruit throughout the day. But sometimes I just lose focus and don't read the Bible when I perhaps need it the most. Sometimes I'm just simply tired and sometimes I even... even lose, lose focus when it comes to church. Maybe you're here today and, and you've lost a little focus on God's purpose with, our, with us as a church family. Maybe it can can be compared a little to listening to music. Often I listen to Corey Wong, Anomaly, Anderson pack electric-like orchestra, old jesus and not to forget, Thomas Helmi, uh, every, every Dane loves Thomas Hel- Helmi. He's more hot than ever. So Thomas Helmi is here, and Abba is here. <laughs> but occasionally, the music just becomes noise, white noise in the background. And sometimes church, even church which I love deeply and have tried to serve, uh, can become just a little disturbing noise in the background. Anyone can relate to that? No? 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 Ari? Yes. (laughs) And that's when I realize something is wrong. That happens occasionally when I lose focus and feel worn out. Um, Caught up in many things, but lost track of the Lord of the work. Like Martha. Caught up and neglected what is better. To be honest, too many times I can better identify with the working Martha and not the Jesus-gazing Maria. In those times, even the word amazing can feel hyped and even inappropriate and thinking of my upbringing where i come from uh, country people hillbillies the word amazing is very rare in the part in that part of denmark you know the that word in the northern part of denmark amazing is spelled okay and and to say that word amazing Three times in one sentence is not the best way to build relationship and trust in the area in which I grew up. And I think it's because they've reserved the word amazing for heaven. I have, I have this idea when my country people go to heaven that it may be even the first time they use that word. <laughs> and But just honestly, my life is definitely not always amazing. Sometimes I just lose the wonder of it all for a short period. Sometimes I can really identify with the two disciples walking away from Jerusalem, feeling like a failure, walking away from the dreams, God's intention of my last life, lost my strength, feeling yeah, just like a failure because I fail and I've done it many times. And, and to say it very simple, to put it very simple, I, sound, I drift As Simon Ponsonby says, that he's sometimes more bored again than born again. (laughs) Philippiansi, for me, Jesus has become the focal point of faith, and increasingly, I'm learning to keep the magnifying glasses of my faith focused on him. In my spiritual journey, I have long lingered In the margins, puzzling over matters like the problem of pain, the meaning of prayer, providence versus free will. When I do so, everything becomes fuzzy. Looking at Jesus, however, restores clarity. And who doesn't puzzle over the problem of pain and war in our world, sickness, and think, how can I really trust God that God will take care of me when so many others are in pain and darkness hits people uh, without meaning or anything. How to trust? But then a miracle happens to us. Looking at Jesus, clarity is restored because Jesus is Amazing. A word for there are two words for amazing: thambio, which means tr- tremble, and there's another word, uh, eclipso, and it means to strike with a blow. So the disciples, the two disciples, had their senses knocked out of them. Jesus is amazing. He is mind-blowing. Meeting the amazing Jesus is a trembling and mind-blowing experience. Mild interest in Jesus means that I haven't fully met him yet. Like Job in the Old Testament says, after too many inconceivable, overwhelming challenges and incredibly much pain, he says, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes has seen you, have seen you. And the same happened to the two disciples. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And even before Jesus revealed himself to the disciples, their reaction was clear. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? And why were their hearts burning? Because Jesus opened their eyes, for the message of the cross and the message of the resurrection, it is definitely worth paying attention to what they actually talked about in their walk with Jesus. And I believe that's the very same thing that Paul made, that made Paul's heart burn. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, he says to the Corinthians, with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified a wonderful young man from um, from Barnholm came this, I think it was the first evening he gave me this wonderful cross he has made for me. Amazing Jesus because of who he is and what he has done for us. That is why we continually are amazed by Jesus. With an incomprehensible love, he drenched the earth with his blood and redeemed us from death. How can you get near the cross without being amazed? How can you watch His blood cover the earth without being amazed? I believe that this is the most important perspective that will not only help you to make decisions and to go through life and all of its obstacles and all my failures, but also give you the courage to continuously step out into the journey God has prepared for you. Set it Said very simple be amazed by Jesus. Are you amazed? Meeting Jesus, the amazing Jesus, is a trembling and mind blowing experience. The second last perspective I'll do it short is that Jesus walks with us. Jesus is amazing and Jesus walks with us. You're not just walking away from the cross, amazed by Jesus, but He is actually walking with you through life every day, whether you see it or understand it or not. He's next to you, and He reveals Himself to you on the way. He never walks away from you. If you can believe this, you will be able to find strength, no matter the circumstances. It may not totally relieve you from anxiety, but that is not the point. The point is that He is right beside you in everything and everywhere, and always, and that makes all the difference. He is walking in your shoes. He crossed time. He crossed space, eternity, and even divinity to walk with you. He walked out to the disciples on the stormy sea in their distress. He walked to join the two mourners on the road to Emmaus and left them with burning hearts. He is the rock that Israel was drinking from. A rock that follows them everywhere. Jesus is your rock that walks with you. And we could go on and on. Let me just finish by saying, I believe that we are only one decision away from a totally different, wonderful, exciting, adventurous, hopeful life. One decision can really change everything in your life. And I personally believe that the good decisions in our lives are in advance, in somehow prepared by God for us to make. So whatever direction we are heading, I personally believe that God will never stop preparing us for defining moments, for adventures, joy, hope, and challenges. He will always give us new opportunities and will always lead us in His direction and will for us. So, you will face a moment where you when you throw caution to the wind you will face a moment in life where you need to go all in and maybe god has been speaking to you today maybe a defining moment of saying yes to jesus a defining moment of saying yes to follow him where he wherever he will lead you so let's let's end by praying together and uh, i'll i'll be uh, quite direct and uh, I'm so fascinated by you families that I know uh, it's, it's a busy life and uh, it, it just takes some more strength and how to keep focus and stay on track and then this, this idea of we should be perfect parents while well, you are not perfect in any way, you don't have to be who said that? You don't have to have the best car, the best house, or be the best parent, or anything like that. You don't have to. Who said that? I would like to... P- I like we could pray for you, uh, 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 families, whether you're young or older. i like to pray for you. Uh, if you want, no manipulation, but I'd like to pray for you. That you will s- get a new sense that the Father is not distant. That he's here for you. He's close to you. And he takes care of you. And he walks with you. So I ask you to come up. If God has been speaking to you. And we will pray for you. And even though there will be coffee break in a minute. We will continue to pray for you. So please come up.